Oi, oi. And welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plaster, and with myself, Stephen Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, the very, very handsome... It's Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. And your cat. Uh, hello everybody, welcome back. This is episode number 274. I just want to say, as we always do, because we genuinely mean it, thank you to everybody who tuned into last week's show. It was a really, really long show, but we are not constrained by time, um, so we like to make sure that we get all our points across and say what we need to be said, say what we think needs to be said. So much engagement, so many people tweeting us their views that we really didn't want to cut it short just for the sake of keeping it within a certain time point. So we've got a couple of games to review this week. Um, It's probably going to be a bit of a lengthy one, hopefully not as long as the last one. So again, thanks for persevering with us on these bumper bumper shows. Um, So let's let's crack on. As always, we'll, we'll give a shout out to our main podcast sponsor. Yeah, they are AJF Plastering, who hopefully you know by now are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company that cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, and they specialise in silicone colour render systems, and their best part is they offer 15% off all Leighton Orient fans and hopefully still staff over the last couple of weeks. So if you want more information on AJF Plastering, you can drop the boys an email at www. No, that's their uh, internet address. Their website address is www.ajfplastering.co.uk. Or if you want to email them, you can do so at ajfplastering@outlook.com. Or go and have a look for AJF Plastering on social media. They're on Facebook and Instagram under AJF Plastering. And the head honcho Adam Francis is on Twitter at Big Ads with a Z L O F C. Yeah, absolutely. So quick update on the supporters clubs trip so next saturday the 19th of february we're off to harrogate and coaches are going to leave the supporters club at eight o'clock it is obviously a three o'clock kickoff adult fare for that is 39 pounds concession to 36 and remember that does not include your match day ticket so to book on that trip you're going to need to now call the travel line which is 07507 539 579 yeah lovely done just one piece of aob this week before we go into the week that was and we must say a massive thank you to Martin uh, and to Glenn who both sent emails mm-hmm. into us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers Martin sent a great email uh, about his views on things at Orient and also about match days being more than just about a match it's about meeting up with friends chewing the fat eating and drinking pre-post match and just being being in your element so thank you to Martin for his email Glenn emailed just after transfer deadline day with his thoughts on the deadline day activity and wasn't to impress so if you're not on social media I want to get your point across in more than what is it 180 characters 240 characters in a tweet yeah. then you can give us an email if you want to do so orientoutlook at outlook.com our email box is forever open to everyone our email inbox is always open so thank you very much to Glenn and to Martin for that really interesting thoughts on that um, so let's move on to the last week that's been then happy Monday the 7th of February quiet day at the club nothing to report as episode 273, despite being so long, was going down. Like, numbers were really good. Yeah, I mean, we... Like, I was re- it really surprises me still. We presumed that us having longer episodes with two games a week and talking about losses would kind of make listeners decline. If anything, they've gone up and even more uh, than what they were, which is fantastic for us. I also hope it's showing people that we're not happy-clappy and we're not biased... You know that we that we are putting out the good, the bad, and the ugly um, for everything that, yeah. that that is seen. Um, so yeah, 
Good point. Oh, good. Good point. To who I choose then in the 8th of February. And we say congratulations to Shadogi, who has made it into the EFL's best-rated under-21 players so far this season, which is based on who scored ratings. I think Shad's been like... Phenomenal, hasn't he? Unbelievable this mm. season, the progress he has made. One of the first names now on the team sheet, uh, I would imagine. So well done to Shad, having an excellent season so far. Yeah, so the main event of the day was Exeter City away and the team was announced at 6.45 with Lawrence Vigrou in goal. Thompson, Mitchell, Beckles, Happy, Prattley, Young, Kiprianu, Khan, Nuble and Drynan. Substitutes for this one were Byrne, Moss, Sweeney, Ogie, Riley, uh, Sonny Fish from the youth team and Royal Satoru. Yeah, so that starting eleven saw several changes from the team who faced Colchester the Saturday before. As out went Moss, Ogie, Smith and Brown. In came Thompson, Happy, Kipianu and are we saying Nuble? I believe it's Nuble. Okay, let's call him by his name, Nuble, who was making his O's debut as former O and the Bearded Legende's ex-favourite Nigel Atangana was on the bench for us. Oh, what we give to have an Atangana back, <laughs> honestly. If he's not getting game time at Exeter, I would really love to have him back. Not a bad lineup. I thought yeah. on paper, when I saw that announced, I thought that was really good. I agree that a change was needed. Not having Smith even in the squad suggests to me a level of disharmony that's being dealt with. He was in inverted quote marks ill. However... Yeah, that's nonsense. We know that Kenny says what we need <laughs> to hear and doesn't ever yeah. tell you what really is going on. I mean, he wasn't happy last week when he got substituted. He was shouting as he walked down the tunnel, took his shirt off and all the rest of it. So there, there, there is an issue. We don't know what, so we can't go into detail on it, but only because we don't know. But there is clearly, because it happened again yesterday, and we'll come to that later, it happened again yesterday, that there is clearly something not right. Um, and obviously he needs to act professional at all times and yeah. can't can't do that in front of thousands of people so yeah uh, flat back four I suspect Khan will play uh, in a front three um, so yeah I was really quite pleased with that and obviously these obviously written at the time that the team's announced yeah I mean I was quite fairly happy as well I actually don't mind like that back four four brutes at the back we've seen clubs come to us and line up with just tall horrible defenders to play against yeah. and I thought we were getting that with um, our back four who won't be bullied so midfield that you look at, it could be stronger, but I think was the best available to Kenny, to be fair yeah. to him, at that time. And Dryden in the middle, you know, with Nubain and Khan playing off him. So I thought not bad, like you, I put, not having it that Smith is ill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is that Callum Riley on the bench? Is. is that a C. Riley? Who's that? A it's C. Andy's, Riley Andy's on the signing. bench? Transfer deadline day. And then my only other comment was, where is Connor Woods? Maybe on that stranded island that we call Bocco Island still. Yeah. Waiting to be called back. So I never, we'll... <laughs> I never knew what Boko Island was. I never realised what that was. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's just been and and considering like so that then begs the question: was what is that a Kenny Jacket signing or is that a a signing that the club have made and said here's a left back Kenny? What Connor Woods? Yeah, well, Connor Woods. I think has had issues with Kenny. I think for the last couple of, of months. It's but not. It's let's not... be professional. If Connor Wood is a good quality left back, which in my opinion I believe he is in a four rather than a left wing back, yeah. then don't be so proud. Play the guy at left wing back because that's the greater good of the team. You're then putting your own personal, which I know from people management, it's easier said than done sometimes. Yeah. But actually, if Connor Wood is the best left back, put him on. Don't just because you don't see eye to eye on whatever it was. At the end of the day, for the greater good of the team, what's better for the team and the balance, play the guy. 
Yeah, good point. I don't understand it. To not even be in the squad and then talk about not having any experience in the team or enough experience. This is the contradictions that I can't get my head around. Yeah, there's many, isn't there? Loads, the loads of them. <laughs> he, 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 like, I know we're going to come to it, but in yesterday's post-match as well, he, he complains about things that he creates. So it's almost, it's almost like he's talking about himself in the third person. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's talking uh, about, oh, we didn't have enough experience in the midfield when he played Jordan, Bra- uh, Jordan Brown and Ethan Coleman, but then had Hector Cipriano on the bench. Yeah. And Darren Prattley sat at home. This was a few games ago, yeah. obviously. Hold on a minute. You're, you're criticising you're yourself. Manager. You're the one that says who's playing and who isn't. That's just one example. There are many others, but going completely off piece with that. But you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? It's like, why, why have the guy not even on the bench? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously we'll talk about Connor Wood because he comes back um, yeah. into yesterday's yesterday's squad. But good Ridiculous. point there. Good Ridiculous. point. Lots and lots of tweets when that team was announced. The whole heap. Jason Kilby, six, started all off by saying this all smacks of total panic. Yeah, it totally disagrees with us, which is fine. Orient Fan TV said, Smith has been dropped at last. Been off it for a while. Keep saying this week after week. That's a good team. Good enough to get a result, but we'll see. Yeah, Liam NUFC98 was happy. Just kept it short, kept it sweet. said... Did the right thing, dropping Smith. Yeah, PM31970 said, How does Thompson go from being not match fit last Tuesday to starting tonight? A contradiction. Good point. Ray is a pointless signing as he hasn't as he had uh, sorry, as he hasn't featured. So you might as well have left Thompson on the bench not playing. Who's gonna create a game? Yeah. Good point, Paul. Yeah, I guess to be fair to Paul, Ray was actually ineligible for that game. Obviously, against That's Exeter right, yeah. City, his home parent club, the underscore Blundell. So you don't reckon he puts the names in a scrabble bag, gives them a good shake, and then the first 11 out. I hope I'm wrong, but I think we're going to get stuffed. Yeah, Len Chin Chin once said, predictable team, Smith dropped will give others a chance. Going to be tough, but think there are signs of hope with this combination of youth and experience. I hope some routines are in place and more desire shown to score. Interested to see Ogie on the bench. Let's see a 4-4-2... Formation. Yeah, Alex RC077, again short and sweet, said, Ogie benched. Honestly, stupid. And Trouser Techno said, wow, looks very unbalanced. And if we concede early, the wheels could come off. Hope I'm wrong, just as well we had an aggressive window. <laughs> and the O's fan basing <laughs> with the last tweet of the team against Exeter. I said, if we were playing against us, playing hoofball, then four centre-backs make sense. But against a decent, skillful Exeter team, not quite sure. All great points, points. Great points coming into us or in our yeah. podcast. So hours. let's quickly review this then and relive it, unfortunately. Exeter got the game underway, looking to continue their recent run of good form against the O's, who are looking for their first win of 2022. And just four minutes in, and Lawrence Vigoru had to make a superb one-handed save after Kieran Phillips was played in in a 1v1. Big save there. Just a long ball. I think it beat Thompson uh, over the top, and then suddenly they were in. in. Well done, Vig. Stood up well. Made a good save. Had that gone in early, I think we would have got tapped. Absolutely battered. 3-4. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tenth minute in. Adam Thompson struggling with an injury. He had some treatment. Was fine to continue. And then let's get to the 24th minute where he was booked as he dragged back an Exeter player. Yeah, a minute later and Omar Beckles' header was on target but straight at Dawson in the Exeter goal. That all came from Dan Happy's free kick and I think you'd argue that he'd probably got to do a bit better. Although it was on target. No power behind is, it. Yeah. Yeah, disappointing there. 29th minute in. Exeter almost went ahead as Jack Sparks' header was deflected just wide of Lance Vigoru's goal. I think Mitchell was defending there. Stood big, stood strong. Yeah. Ball went well wide. At this point, 
We were doing all right. Yeah, it, it was fairly even. All right, we've, t- t- we've not really talked about many efforts that we've had. We had that one that we just mentioned with Omar, but they weren't really terrifying us like you would expect them to. And a minute later, on the half-hour mark, an O's counter-attack saw Aaron Drynan get away from the exit defence at pace. That is one attribute that he's really good at. He just runs, and he's super fast as well. He ran for about 50 yards. I mean, I'd be blowing after, <laughs> after that, but he was in 1v1. But he ended up skewing his shot well wide of the Exeter goal. Not for the first time. He does the hard part really well. Like in terms of picks it up inside his own half, controls it, bombs it down, gets himself into a good shooting position. Yeah. So good angle yeah. as well. So yeah. he's got the key. He's got, he can see the net. But the shot was just simply awful. And I don't know what it is with Jayden, whether it's confidence or yes. just that he's not that good Ed, no, it's confidence. But he wouldn't have missed that in September te- or October. Ter- like not even close to the goal. If it's yeah. the post, you go fair enough. If the keeper saves it and makes a good save, you go all right, fair well, enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but not, not even, even troubling the goalkeeper. More more likely troubled the corner flag <clears throat> than what he did trouble the goal. It's like the, it's what I call David Mooney syndrome. It's where where he's given time and has to think about <laughs> it. He <laughs> does. <clears throat> he doesn't do it as well as if it's just instinct and just going off instinct and bang. He just doesn't have time to think. Should have gone one up. Should have gone one up. Big, yeah, big chance. Golden, golden chance. Like, he's clearly lacking confidence. I mean, how many more... I mean, we're not keeping a tally. Maybe we should be of how many guilt-edge opportunities he's having. I mean, it's three against, four against Colchester. Wow. One here, that's five. There was some against... Two, yeah. Two coming up that we're going to talk about in the next game. But yeah, he's, he's really having seven, a tough time. Zero, and set, he's had zero goals from seven guilt edged opportunities. And like you say, he does the hard bit, but can't do the easy bit of putting it in the back of the net. Yeah, disappointing. Very disappointing. And when he does put it in the back of the net, which we might come to later, well, I think yeah. he ends up shushing the fans, doesn't he? He does. We're going to come to that very up. shortly. 37th minute, second effort from Omar Beckles as he met another Dan Happy free kick. Happy taking the free kick. It's not a bad little free kick. Take it down, Happy. He's headed low. Bit more power on it, but again, comfortably caught by the keeper. Yeah, 40 minutes on the clock then, and Collins fired high and over for Exeter, following some really good build-up play by them. Yeah, one minute of time was added on. Aaron Dryden did have the ball in the back of the net that Paul alluded to earlier. Again, yeah. a happy cross. Happy putting a beautiful cross, to He's be fair to him. good dead ball. Good header yeah. by Dryden. I must say, finished it well. Flag goes up. Dryden shushing the fans when he's got... I don't know don't understand that. I don't recall him being abused, particularly against Colchester, which was the last home game. And I don't think he was abused. As far I mean, we weren't in Exeter, so I can't, I can't see what every fan was shouting when he misses that chance against Exeter. But even so, why would you shush the fans? And mm. didn't make any sense. Like zero sense. If Harry Smith had done it. Following him, kind of throwing the shirt down, and obviously being on social media more, you'd probably understand a bit more if Harry Smith was shushing fans based on, you know, all the criticism he's had for storming off the tunnel or not yeah. being a team player. But Dryden, as far as I can see, has had no criticism or not much of it, unless you listen to last week's episode um, where he's been rightly criticised for missing three chances. So very surprised, very disappointed more than anything else mm. in Dryden. Yeah, like yeah, that. and there were obviously people there who were. You know, speaking about it as well. So, all very interesting. There was nothing else to talk about for the rest of this half. So, the the half came to a close. Half-time score evens, thankfully. Uh, the attendance was announced. That's 4,111 and 192 well hardy Orient fans. Well played if you made that journey. And in one respect, not a great half as we created little. And Thompson, you know, for me, isn't a right-back. A lot of hit, hit and hope long balls. 
and we hadn't really strung two or three passes together. But on the other hand, we haven't conceded. We didn't look too bad defensively. Yeah. We looked structured. Everybody looked like they knew where they were supposed to be and what they were supposed to be doing. But you can only withstand the onslaught and pressure for so long. And when you've got opportunities, Drynan, you've got to score. It's so disappointing that we're sitting here talking more about the ops that we've missed than than them being goals. We, but. I think that was a good first half, to be fair. Yeah, we I kind agree. of weathered the early storm. Vig saves us in the fourth minute. Drynan should have scored to put us one up, basically. And had we gone one up, their crowd would have got on their backs. We would have had the confidence and would have taken it forward. Mm. And who knows what would have happened. But not the worst first half at all, considering how well Exeter have been playing. We had a few tweets at half-time. We're only going to mention uh, one tweet, and that's from Run and Ref with GC, who said, a poor first half overall. Thompson at right-back isn't working. Happy left-back isn't great either. And what's wrong with Connor Woods? Moss should replace Thompson. Rolta replace Young. He's struggling. Come on, you O's. Yeah, sensible that. Orin got the second half underway and literally, within seconds, Dan Happy looked like he caught his studs in the turf as he turned and he sort of twisted his ankle, twisted his knees, it turned out, and he ended up being stretched off and shagged. Shad Ogie came on and like, how much more bad luck are we going to get this season? You knew that was a bad with injuries, yeah. straight away. And he had oxygen when he went off as well. I mean, how much more bad luck with injuries can we possibly have? It's unbelievable it how is. much... What's that, five now? Theo's just come back, but we've still got Clay, Smythe, now we've got Dan Happy out. Um, James. And, and and Tom James. I mean, that that's four, and Theo's missed a substantial amount as well. It's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really bad. Let's skip in 61st minute then. Uh, yeah. You were saying you worked really hard. Yeah, I think I think we, we've closed them down pretty fast. I, I like what I've seen much better from us. Um, and that's sort of just 15 minutes into the into the second half just to try and obviously what he said at half time has worked and he's put out a balanced side so it's working yeah at this point it was working frustrating the home side it, Vigoru had to be alert in the 63rd minute after Exeter got in behind our defence one minute later we won our first corner of the game which came to nothing yeah first sub uh, or second sub for us came in the 66th minute as Matt Young was replaced by Callum Riley who? yeah Amazing. So Callum Riley finally getting on the pitch and Darren Prattley picked up a yellow card in the 74th minute for a challenge on Sparks. Again, Prattley weren't doing too bad. No, no, absolutely. I think dropping him has done him the world of good because he's come back and he's like a new man against Bradford. He gets that goal and has a man of the match performance for me. Yeah, much better. It seems a lot more industrious now. Fast forward then, a few minutes to the 85th. Aaron Drynan found himself out wide on the right with no support. But he ended up putting a dangerous cross into the Exeter box that was headed out for our second corner of the game, which unfortunately came to nothing. Yeah, it did. Otis Khan had a shot blocked in the 86th minute. That went out for our third corner of the game. Khan took this one, swung it in. Beckles lost his man, had a header from fairly close range, just over the bar. Talk about small differences, and we've spoken about small Fine differences margins, yeah. over the last couple of weeks. That goes in. We That's have a, a winning completely goal. different outlook. That's a winning goal, that, because they don't then score two minutes later. I agree. I agree. Should have scored it. What a difference that would have made. Omar Beckles picked up a yellow card just on the stroke of full time for a foul, conceded a free kick, and during the delay, the ball went up, showing six minutes of added time to be played. Yeah, that free kick was swung in, floated in. Diabate ghosted in between our centre-backs. Fairly easy-headed finish. Put the ball in the net from close range and it's 1-0. But we score that goal... To Exeter. Three or four minutes before that. Yeah, totally. 
That doesn't happen. That was one when it went in, and you just like knew it, like just knew it. Pointless free kick to give away, weren't organised from the um, from the setup. And the way things are going, just knew and Alex Mitchell had two, two yeah. extra players to defend. Very, very against. poor. Ninety second minute, third O sub. You like this one, Frank Nubley, suffer or else to tell you. Why? One for Kenny. What an absolute! That's what I'd ask. Why bring? Why bring him on with four minutes to go? What are you expecting? What is the point? I don't understand. Any managers out there, or anyone with some tactical knowledge about these kind of things, why would you make a substitution? When you're losing a game and you only make that change with four minutes to go, if you're going to go and try and grab a game, bring the kid on earlier. Now we're we're trying to, we, we, you know, now we're chasing a game. You're not giving Ruel enough chance to to do anything. Why not take a midfielder off, or a defender off, and put Ruel on? Why are you taking Nublay off? Well, if, if you're trying to get a goal back, he's an attacking player. Defenders don't really score goals. Yeah. Not like an attacker. That's not their job. They, you know what I mean. It just felt like just it. proper scratching of the head. Really, really irritates me. The rest of the game was played out with no further talking points, though, as the O's lost the game one 0 to playoff hopefuls Exeter, piling even more misery and pressure uh, for O's fans and Kenny Jacket. And when it looked like we'd be taking a point all the way back up the motorway yeah. to East London, Kenny Jacket spoke to Dave Victor after this game. We're not going to play any of that interview. It's available on the club's YouTube channel. Imagine you've all watched it if you haven't already, but you can go and watch that. So that loss saw the O's drop a place to 16th in League Two. At this point, play 28, 1 7, drawn 12. That lost column starting to go up, lost 9. Goal difference still healthy at plus 11 and 33 points. Mr. Bearded Legande, your views in on Exeter away. Yeah, I mean, look, what, what what is there to say that probably hasn't already been said by this point? I'm just really fed up with this now. Like, we're not creating enough. We're not we're not conceding lots either. We're not getting torn open. But like I said earlier, you can't you, you can only suffer you can only suffer the kind of pressure that other teams put on you for so long before actually something's going to crack. And at that point, that in the 92nd minute was Alex Mitchell found himself with two Exeter players defending a a set play yeah. there's only so much that's that's going to go on we're limiting the opposition to very few chances which is great but when we switch off we get punished every single time and it's not just bad luck now it's not just their good luck because they're creating that and there's only so long you can you can do that for we create so such few chances when we do get them you've got to take them I mean Dry- Dryland's the, the culprit in chief here how many chances does the guy need it's obvious that he's low in confidence so I hate to slaughter my own player but he's just got to somehow find the net comes off his kneecap his shoelace his bo- his bottom his back whatever his chest his nose his, his eyelashes whatever it comes off of it's just got to go in for him and, and like I've just said why bring Ruel on with four minutes to go um, Exeter were making subs as early as the 55th minute to try and get something from the game we weren't we had an enforced substitution, but that, I wouldn't count that as a game-changing one. Um, yeah, just I've lost a lot of faith in Kenny Kenny's decision-making, really. I don't understand. We spoke about contradictions. I just don't understand Kenny's decision-making process. It, it's a lot like rearranging deck, ch- deck chairs on the Titanic. It's like, what, what, why, why are these being made? I just don't understand it. And obviously, we don't have access to him, so we can't ask these questions and get a better understanding 
of his thought process and why he's thinking about doing things. He's welcome on this podcast. He really is. I'd love to have a conversation with him and get his thoughts on certain things and why certain things are happening because I'm sure there is some rationale yeah, somewhere. Course, yeah. um, and one of the worst things is, you know, we can't ask these questions because we don't have post-match anymore. Um, we don't have those media passes. So we're never going to be able to, to get his... His, his, his stance on it yeah the only positive is that several players managed to get some valuable minutes the Thompsons and Riley and the Rileys of this world so you know but but now we're looking over our shoulders down at the table wondering how how are Oldham doing now? well Oldham that night and Scunthorpe both won so there was a few exactly. panic, panic sweets starting to come into exactly. us exactly that's what we're looking at now we're looking down hoping that they're a little bit worse than us but John Sheridan seems to be doing alright he's doing alright yeah Keith, Keith Hill is having modest, yeah, modest moderate, yeah. um, input there but it's it's worrying now because we're talking about relegation fodder rather than playoff yeah I, I thought for me I didn't think that was actually too bad I think had we come away with a nil-nil or point Exeter you would have taken it before the game someone, you, you're going to have a nil-nil I absolutely I would have taken that yeah. I mean it wasn't don't get me wrong it wasn't great but it wasn't it wasn't bad but I feel like I said it before key moments in those games Drynan's miss Beckles' head on the 87th minute. Either those two go in, you're probably talking about at least a point, and then they score on the last minute. But we had our chances in that one. We did have our chances to do that. Drying an awful finish and then shooting the way fans. Still don't understand that. I've got to say, Omar Beckles, who was so good at the start of the season, what's happened to Beckles? Used to be Mr. Reliable. Gives away the free kick that leads to the goal, and then one of the man leaves his man to, to go and let Mitchell take him, and then Mitchell's got two, two and one. What's happened to Omar Beckles? Same against Colchester. Didn't look great against Colchester either. Really disappointed with that one. Massive shame for Dan Happy. Not had the best season by all accounts. Been in and out of the team. Looks like he was starting to get a bit of a run. Horrible injury. Been months rather than weeks. Yeah, Yeah. so we wish Dan well. We'll speak about Dan a bit later. I hope his operation went well. Yeah, kudos to all those travelling fans as well. Tuesday night away to Exeter to to see your team concede in the last minute and to get shushed by one of your attackers when they score a goal. It isn't the greatest experience. So well done to those 191 fans. But... I finish this one by saying the pressure is certainly starting to build on Kenny now. Will the board Massive keep calm? Yeah. Will the board keep keep faith in their man? Yeah. Well, we time will tell. I mean, he was given Saturday's game, so let let's see what happens. So those were our views, yeah. short and sweet this week. A huge amount of feedback, obviously, after this match. So thanks to everyone who took the time to send their send their views to our social media accounts, which, as you probably know by now are sponsored by town and country estate agents who are Orient supporting and very highly successful estate agents a West Stand season ticket holder one of the directors Charlie Paul is offering all Leighton Orient fans and staff a whopping 20% off uh, his usual fee so if you're thinking of moving keep it in the Orient family save yourself a few quid in the process call Charlie directly on 07528 471 497 or you can email him charlie at townandcountrypropertysales.co.uk or DM him on Twitter, charlie underscore paul. Charlie is I-E on the end and paul, P-O-O-L-E. I can't believe we're helping people and not fellow Orient fans to sell their houses or buy new ones because it is working as a sponsorship package, which amazes me. And I can't believe, we said last week, but we're having to turn away sponsorship approaches now, which is baffling. So thank you to all our sponsors and to everyone who's interested in the On Outlook podcast, making some great partnerships happen. Lots and lots of tweets after this one. Orient Tony made me laugh, actually. He said, I've always loved Craig Clay, but blimey, I didn't realise we were going to miss him so much. We are desperate for a Steve Castle, a Vincelo, 
or a Steve Dawson type of player. Good they point. really are. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. David Sears 3 kept it short and sweet. He said two words, relegation battle. Yeah, or Liam said eight points away from the drop zone. I'm not saying we'll go down, but just some food for thought. Yeah, Sunshine LOFC said, we are being proper, proper dragged into the relegation fight. Not a bad display, but really cannot defend a set piece. And the confidence up front is massively missing. Yeah, Joe Jessner, 16, said, I've defended Kenny Lodes, but generally, just let him go now. He's got nothing left. Magic underscore John said, get Ling out, and if Jacket honestly wanted some of these players, he can go too. Stephen Orion said, Beckles, unnecessary fouling off the ball has cost us the game. So frustrating. I think Kenny said post-match that he didn't think he didn't feel that it was a free kick. This is this is interesting point about Kenny. Kenny never used to speak about referees when we were winning or drawing. He never used to kind of no. If we lost, he wouldn't. Yeah. Referees, he went well. That's for us to deal with. Now, the last couple of weeks, he's starting to say, "Oh well, I didn't think that was the right decision. There, that was wrong." Table slightly turned in the way he's talking about games now. Now it's, it's a bit tougher. Yeah. yeah. Derby 507 said, thought we were unlucky tonight, but unlucky doesn't keep you up. Worrying times. Good point. I heart Rushmore said, not good. In key moments, we had zero confidence. Drawing and dragging it wide when going in on goal. And the free kick for their goal, both felt inevitable. I don't see how we will turn this around currently. Veggie Jones said, Ross was sacked with 39 points after 30 games. Kenny needs to win his next two games just to equal that. Hashtag progress saying that. Not calling for Kenny to go, I just think our best bet is to allow him time and a post-season to continue building. John W999 said it was a performance of relegation, threat and team. We'd have been delighted with a point. We were meant to be going for the playoffs. No attacking threat, new playoff with nothing. Unfair on the defence with nothing to hold on to. If any team can get relegated with a positive goal difference, it would be Orion. <laughs> that did make me laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly what would happen, John. Dan Alton 2590 says, When you set up to draw 0-0 from the off, you deserve to lose. Almost pleased we lost in such devastating fashion. That's a strange comment to make. The club deserves nothing else. Shambles on and off the pitch. Sleepwalking towards relegation with Oldham and Scunthorpe both winning and improving. Sell up. Very, very controversial there, Dan. Kyle Fear 01. So that team has no confidence or belief. I don't understand Jackett's tactics. But he doesn't look like the team do either. We are so negative overall. We have glimpses of positive energy, but that's it. Off the ball, we were decent, keeping them out. But on the ball, so, so hopeless. DeWard underscore seven said, No positives for me. We can't score. That problem needs addressing. We're not conceding many. Leaving Tutorial on the bench for the second successive Tuesday night was absolutely criminal. Rapidly losing my faith in Kenny. Too inflexible. Neil Coardo said, Hate to be doom and gloom, but without Clay shoring up the midfield and James and Fear offering creativity on the side... I really can't see that team getting a great deal of points going forward. And now we're only eight off relegation. Apart from Khan, the last transfer window was perplexing. So still getting tweets about deadline day, which was Two a week before ago. this, yeah. by fans saying we still can't figure out what, what has happened. Even though Nigel has been on numerous... Uh, He's been on the club and lowdown. Club and lowdown, talking about it. We're still perplexed by it. And I think we're going to talk more about Nigel doing media a bit later on. But yeah. Not the first tweet we'll get on that, not the last by any account. Daniel underscore D44 said, one goal in our last seven games says it all. Something is definitely not right at the club at the moment. We were looking like world beaters a couple of months ago. Now we're looking over our shoulders at relegation. Simon, yeah, Simon underscore Singleton. New Twitter handle to me. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the pod, Simon. Seven wins from 28 is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Players have no confidence, lots of arguing. Lineup all wrong once again. 
The January signings look no better than players we released in the summer. It is a mess. Hashtag jack it out. Yeah, it's one in four win rate. It's not great, is it? 25%. Richie J. Bourne said eight points off the bottom two who picked up wins. Unlucky, but no points for unlucky. We have no attacking midfielder after all the effort to get back into the Football League. We could be heading back down. Kevin Cowden, who's normally so positive, said negative, negative, negative. No width again. Dreadful tactics. Setting up not to lose rather than trying to win is never going to work. We've won just 25% of league matches and are just eight points clear of Oldham. Something has to change. You say that, but if Drynan scores his one-on-one, it's very different. If we score just before they get that free kick, very different. Yeah, we see the game out, we've probably come back with three points. Yeah. Yeah, Real smash and grab. Dax Duda said, we've lost seven of our last eight and only scored one goal. This is scary. We're now in a relegation battle, let alone 14 points off the playoffs. We only created one or two decent chances today. How can we expect to win? Very, very worried. Terence Coates too said, I'm a fan of Beckles. Good centre-back, model pro of the pitch, but tonight he's cost us the game. Over a strop with the ref. And they're not noticing he had two men to mark immediately after. And I hate to say it, but I don't see much improvement under Kenny this season. I think that's where fans are getting concerned, where people aren't seeing how he's going to turn it around. And not much improvement, because it's the same every week. If it was like different tactics and different lineups that were getting better, you go, all right, fair enough. But just by reading these tweets, and I think it'll be a similar story after Salford, people just don't have faith in Kenny being able to turn it around. And once you lose the support of the fan base and thinking he can't do it, then he's fighting a massive uphill battle. Mm. And if we're thinking it as a fan base, I'm pretty sure the size of the board, a number of them will be thinking it as well. Mm. Absolutely. Stroud Greeno said, back when we were banging in goals for fun at home, I'd have been shocked if you told me we wouldn't at least sneak seventh this season. Granted, our injury record has been unfortunate in the extreme, but that's still not a good enough excuse for how inept we've become so quickly. Yeah, great point. Two months ago, we were leaving Brisbane Road after beating Swindon 4-1 in like seventh place in the league. Um, was only one way this club was going. Yeah. And that's upwards. And yeah. Two months later, we're sitting here moaning about Jacket, moaning about drying and missing absolute sitters, Harry Smith storming off the pitch. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Really unbelievable. Evie Stark said, at the end of the day, Jacket is to blame. Regardless of the players he has available, he set the team up for a draw. He sets the tactics. He inspires and instructs that group. And at the moment, he's not doing anything. And can someone ask him why he thinks Real can score? With only five minutes on the pitch. Great comment. Great comment, Evie. Well played there. SB Dealing said, we're in a relegation scrap. Things aren't good at all. But those people saying Nigel Travis should sell up and blaming him must have short memories. These owners are dedicated to get it right and will. We have a very well-run club who just have a bad manager. I didn't see anyone calling for Nigel to leave, but if they do, if they have done, then they probably need to take themselves off Twitter for a bit. Well, Dan Orton said set up in his tweet. I've seen a few people saying that, and I think we'll talk, we'll talk about Nigel um, a bit later. I do think Nigel puts himself in the firing line, though, when there's well, others who he should absolutely be getting to do some of his work for him that we'll talk maybe, about later, but he's too, he's too out there. Yeah, but to start saying the guy needs to sell, sell oh, up... Like, do people not forget who we had yeah. from fourteen to 2014 to 2017? It's absolutely ridiculous for people to be saying that the board should sell up. That's absolutely stupid. Give your head, head to wobble and go and take some medicament and, and sort yourselves out. Honestly, it's ridiculous. Can't even believe we need to mention it on the podcast. Paul is going to sneeze because he's in such a rage. <laughs> Bless me. you, Mr Levy. Ross McCaff said, anyone who has seen my tweets knows how reluctant I've been to get on the jacket out train, but... It is inevitable now. Clearly, something has gone badly, badly awry. This 
is relegation forms. A lot of relegation tweets coming. Yeah, well, it is because now we're looking down and not up. Yeah. You know, we're further away from the playoffs than we than we are from relegation. So naturally, Mark seven four six four said, "With a squad decimated by injury and limited cover available, I thought we set up and played okay." A draw would have been a good result. We're totally devoid of any luck at the moment and confidence is rock bottom. But I saw enough tonight to give me hope. We'll get a win soon. Yeah, Gord Howard, penultimate tweet on X has said, after the initial frustration of last night, so he was tweeting us the morning after the night before, said ultimately it was one instance of poor defending that's cost us at least a point. We had two very good chances and we held our own. That's nowhere near our first 11. The season's over. But Kenny needs to be given a pre-season and then reviewed at Christmas. And the final word goes to K underscore Leontiev, who said, Vocal minority on Twitter who are over-analysing or crazy conspiracy theorists. Not hard to understand what's changed. Long enforced break and catastrophic bad luck with injuries and illness. We haven't been outplayed the last eight games. It's all very tight and could have gone Either way, it's fair comment. Absolutely fair comment to end those tweets. And there were a lot of tweets there. And there's a lot of tweets that we didn't mention as well. And they were all tweets that came into us at Orient Out that we don't go scouring the LOFC hashtag or go and taking random people's tweets. So they were all tweets that come into us on social media. So thanks to everyone who continues to engage with the Orient Outlet podcast on social media. So moving on into the Carol Langley Flores Prediction League update. And we'll give Carol Langley a shout-out, who are an established local flower business in Chingford, specialising in bespoke flowers for all occasions and events. They've been very busy this weekend, taking orders from lots of Orient fans, myself and the Bearded Lejande <coughs> included. Yeah, I went, in. I went in, all very busy and buzzing in there. Yeah, they only uh, don't do just Valentine's Day. They do weddings, any events they can help you with, lots and lots. So if you want to get in touch... You can do with John and the team. They're on Twitter and social media. Uh, they're on Twitter at Carol Langley E4 uh, or at Essex Biz. They're also on Instagram at Carol Langley E4 as well. Um, so give them a shout. Great service with a smile. Great flowers as well. So and just supporting an Orient fans business as well. Yeah, absolutely. This is what the purpose of what we give a platform to. To these are it's fantastic. Right? Yeah, three correct predictions for this game. Speno zero one one Wadsey. Paul Skinner all got three points and the top of the Prediction League table roundup will follow at the end of the episode. Yeah, so let's move on then. That covers Exeter. We're going to move on then. Wednesday the 9th of February. Rumours started to, to circulate that morning that Kenny Jacket had been sacked. However, these turned out to not be true. So unless you hear it from us or the club, obviously then don't take it as 100% true. There's only two sources you need, and you should all know this by now. If the Orient Outlook podcast don't break it, then let the club reveal it. That's all you need. So that did not happen. And also in the day, unfortunately, did happen. Dan Happy confirms dislocating his knee, had his operation in the afternoon, and we wish Dan a full and speedy recovery. It looked bad when he went down. Uh, and the fact that he needed yeah. gas and air as well is, is obviously really, really telling. Great that he's got that sorted out like, straight away so he can get healing. Uh, we are definitely getting our money's worth from the health insurance policy <laughs> this season, aren't we? There's no question or a doubt about that. But like I said earlier, how much bad luck are we having with injuries? Terrible. It's absolutely stunning. Never known anything like it in my life. And and that, like what uh, the, the, the last word had on, on uh, the Exeter game... You know, it isn't helping, Kenny. I completely get that. It's one reason why we've kind of dropped. But Kenny's an experienced enough manager to to pick a team from the best the best team from what is available 
and play them in a system and, and, and with tactics that works for them rather than trying to put square pegs into round holes. Yeah. That's what I think the level of frustration within me and probably many others, not that I speak for anyone else, but I think that's where the issue comes from. Because, okay, we're decimated with injuries, but here's a squad that you've got. What best suits them? Yeah, absolutely. You're not playing that, Kenny. We can see that as lay people or as inexperienced football people. You know, you've got that experience, so why are you doing that? And why are you making those changes that you're making that's then imbalancing the squad and then causing people to then be, well, what am I doing? Why is I why have I got two players? Oh, he scored. That's the problem, that's the frustration. It's almost it's almost like what we saw, I think I mentioned it in my comments uh, uh, later, it's like with Steve Davis, he started tinkering and tinkering and tinkering until the players were like looking at him, off. shouting at him. What am I supposed to be doing? What is it you want me to do? I think we're going to get to a point like that very, very soon where the players are standing on the pitch saying, what? What do you... Where am I? How? What? I think we're, going to, I think we're about to breach that point. I hope you're wrong, but we will see. I hope we will wrong. see. Yeah, we but will see. It's, it's, the, the players are lacking confidence for a reason because they're not being played in a system that suits them. They're not sure of what they're meant to be doing and what's being asked of them. Otherwise, if you do, then why are you... Why are you unsure? Why are we making mistakes? Why are we switching off? Why are they overloading on us? Why is Mitchell marking to... I think so. I think some players you can say that for. I don't think you can particularly say that of Omar Beckles who just switches off. A centre-back just not picking up his man. He's not Kenny Jackett's fault. For I, me, there is an element of that. Harry Smith right, yeah. not getting get himself involved in the game. That's not on Kenny for me. That's on Harry Smith not getting... Yeah. Drowning, missing from sitters... Isn't Kenny Jackett's fault for me? That's there's a drying of when up. they cross when the you're line. playing happy as a left back and Thompson's a right back. You go all right, fair enough. Or mm. Khan as a right wing back. You go all right, fair enough. But it's it, it's trying to balance it out. You go some players should be doing Correct. better than what they are, and some players absolutely will be on that pitch going. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like your Matt Young, Ethan Coleman, like your youngsters and Jordan Brown going. What what am I supposed to be doing here? Like I've got two on me. I don't know what's happening. But, why then, but that's that why you need me? your Prattleys and why you need that experience on the pitch to go, right, you you keep getting done it. Like, this is what you should be doing. Someone who's going to put their arm around these players on the pitch and lead them. And at the moment, Beckles doesn't seem to be doing that as, as captain. He was, but Prattley. He seems to have disappeared. Prattley doesn't seem to be doing that. For all the experience you've got in this team now, which Kenny has spoken about, there's no real leadership on it. Or personalities. Nothing's happening. Yeah. And these players, like, Smith's got enough experience. He's been around the block. He's quite young, but he's played enough games to know how to coach people I would imagine like the younger people Nublay has played for bloody everyone there was to play for in the English Football League like 17 clubs he'll have enough experience like these players have got experience but no one's leading mm. which is if I was sitting there as Kelly or Kenny or Joe I'd be going what's my captain doing mm. what's my vice captain what's Omar spine your team is Vigaru Beckley Beckles Prattley and Smith or slash driving, that is your spine, and that spine should be inspiring everything else. And as experiencing that spine, but they're not leading, they're just standing there. Beckles is moaning for the ref for three minutes about free kick that he needlessly gives away, and it doesn't mark his man the next to score. Mm. That that isn't for me. I anyway, agree with you. That is not Kenny Jackett's fault. Yeah. That's poor from Beckles and poor from so the, whole, the, the team as a whole. And Mitchell was shouting Mitchell, you clearly see Mitchell with his arms out going, There's one on my left. And there's one on the right. Who am I going with? And the one on his left goes, see you later, mate. Thank you. The one at the front. Yeah. 
easy. Yeah. So I think there's lots. I do we, agree with. I you think there's lots. There's lots we take account. accountability of themselves. There's lots we can blame Kenny Jacket for, and we will. And there's loads of tweets coming up after the Salford game where Jacket yeah. will get caned. But at the same time, you go. Some of these players are letting Kenny and the board down massively. And us. And us as fans. Absolutely. So, Thursday 10th and Friday 11th of February, we've got nothing to talk about. Very quiet two days at the club. No news to report. Let's go on to Saturday the 12th. You've seen more in action. I think the less said about this one, the better. Away at Luton. To be fair, Luton Championship Club. Great youth set up at Luton. Played them a few times. This time, wasn't to be. Lost the game 4-0. So we're saying lucky to the young O's. Absolutely. So, the main event of Saturday was Salford City at home. Before the game, we ran our usual Twitter poll to find out how you think the O's will get on in this one. And after 222 votes, in just 24 hours, 23% thought we'd draw, 28% thought we'd win, and a whopping 49% thought that we would uh, lose that. Decent amount of votes there. I mean, the the Twitter vote, the swing in the Twitter votes now from where it was about a month ago, where it was so heavily weighted towards winning, win, yeah. it's now swinging the other way. But yeah. thanks to everyone who votes. And then at 2pm, the team to play Salford was announced. Vigaru in goal. Thompson, Ray, Beckles and Ogie back uh, at the back. Uh, sorry, Thompson, Ray, Beckles, Ogie, Kant, Prattley, Coleman, Archibald and Drinan and Nuble up top with Byrne. Wood, Mitchell, Young, Kipriano, Smith and Satuyu making up the subs bench. Yeah, that meant it was a first start for the O's for George Ray. Ethan Coleman and Theo Archibald returning to the starting lineup, and Harry Smith, Connor Wood were named on the bench. I actually quite liked the team when I first saw that. Once I deciphered it, yep. because they put it up in um, number, number order, which doesn't help anyone because you're like, who's playing where? That's but I think that's probably... Done on purpose. I appreciate what the team were doing there. It doesn't help me though when I'm trying to decipher the lineup. Looks to be a balanced team. Once you decipher it, you're like, that looks like a four-four-two with uh, Thompson playing at right back again. Yeah. Where you go, all right, he's not really right back, but you can obviously play there. You go, you've got a left back. You know, you playing at left back. You got Khan on the right, Archibald on the left, Prattley and Coleman in centre mid. Mm-hmm. We're trying a new up front. Like that's fine. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty much players playing to their strengths. I think Mitchell can count himself unlucky to be dropped. I don't think he'd done any worse than anyone against Exeter. But, you know, you can say he's got an operation coming coming up. up. Played a lot of football in the last couple of weeks, Mitchell. He's one who's not been dropped over the last couple of weeks. He's been consistent in there. So, having had a couple of chats with him, he won't have liked being dropped. Yeah, good. No player should like being dropped. Absolutely. Riley out again. And apparently he was on Day Victor, Orient Live, whatever they call it, at half-time. David said, are you fit to play today? He said, yes, I'm fit, just not in the squad. And Kenny Jackett was asked about him yesterday and said, he's fit, I just didn't pick him in my squad. So no idea why he wasn't in there. This is the kind of thing that we're talking about. Connor Wood gets bought off Bocco Island. Riley was fit. Riley said he was fit and Jackett said he was fit post-match. Not in the squad. After playing, half hour against Exeter. You tell me. No idea. This is what I don't get and this is what drives me nuts. (laughs) And this is why I'd love to have Kenny on the show to to, to help us understand why not. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. The guy's lost. I think he's genuinely losing the plot with this. Possibly. Because it doesn't make sense. I know you can only have so many on the bench but, you know, arguably, with all due respect to Matt Young, would, you know, you'd have... Agree, yeah. Right, if he's not going to play Alex, all right, you really can't, you need a defender on the bench. 
Well, you'd, to keep you'd go young with Kipriani, you would take out for Riley. But yeah, to have Riley not even in, in the squad after, like I said, a subs appearance. Um, it doesn't strange. make sense. And yet you've got Dan Moss and Connor Wood, who are natural rights and left-backs. All right, Shad Ogie's done well at left-back, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he should be dropped, because I think he's been one of the brightest sparks in our, um, in our team, in a very dark team. But, you know, Thompson, um, not a natural right-back, but you've got... You've got Dan Moss, who's a decent right back, from what we've seen so far, or the little that we've seen. I've been, I think Dan Moss has done all right. I think, I think you look at that team and you go, well, to be fair, Kenny spoke a lot about experience. You look at that team and you go, apart from Coleman, all that team are pretty experienced. And you could go Ogie, but Ogie's played the majority of the season. Apart from that, that that is a that is a very experienced starting eleven now, which is what Kenny has been saying he hasn't had. So I, I can kind of see Kenny's reasoning behind it, but to, to kind of drop Riley. Confused me a little bit to put yeah. to put Hector or, or on. Or I mean, look on paper. I thought it looked a very decent side. Unfortunately, we don't play football on on, on paper. No. Um, it has the balance of experience and youth, and and actually people being played in their right in their right positions. So for me, I was actually quite pleased with that. Um, feeling quite positive. I thought actually we might nick a win. Yes, pretty so, much. So did I. I uh, thought actually this could be a turning point. I we think did, we did well against Exeter, and I just thought, actually, you know what? If he plays the players in the right positions with the balance that we have, I think actually we might we might be all right here. I think that was a bit of a positive feeling in the South Stand um, yeah. yesterday. Like we all got in into it um, before kick off. You could see there was barely any Salford fans in there, yeah. which was sort of Salford, Salford in it. But you got in there, and you're like, right, I actually feel today. You look at the lineup, go actually, like got a good feeling yeah. about today. So. Let's see how the game went. A few tweets before kickoff. Orion underscore thirty six is better than Tuesday. If Carl and Archibald are playing wide, I think that could be the key to unlocking the best out of this team at the Absolutely. moment. Good to see you yesterday, Phil. Good to see you are over your COVID and back supporting your beloved O's. LOFC Teresa said four four two. Looking forward to hearing how Ray performs and hope Khan and Theo can get those crosses in. All fingers are crossed. Spice Albert's a disappointing to see Meathead. Drop to the bench. Yeah, Alex Mitchell yeah. was on the bench. So before the game, Omar Beckles was presented with the Player of the Month award for January. Salford got the game underway on a pretty cold but sunny E10. Yeah, they certainly did. Orient started the bright, I think it's fair to say. Theo Archibald had a decent cross held by King early on. I know it's kind of the shot. Well, held by King all within the first five minutes. Looking decent early on. A bit more pressure. Um, not tearing them apart, but, but looking a bit more intentful. Yeah. And crowds behind them and balance. And you're like, all right, come on. See what we can do today. Yeah, absolutely. An opportunity for Frank Newball following a superb cross from Adam Thompson came in the twelfth minute, but he just couldn't connect with the ball. Yeah, lucky there. Yeah, yeah, two minutes later, free kick deep in our half. But Adam Thompson took it quickly. Saw Drynan on the right, superb ping to pop. Maybe that's why he's playing Thompson on the right because he can pick a pass from that position. Yeah, pinged it. Great ball to Drynan. Drove towards goal again. Does the hard bit. Does the hard bit. Gets past his marker and he's in great shooting position. Done the hard bit. The easy part is shooting into the back of the net at the far corner. Less said about the shot, the better. I think you might have hit the corner flag. Yeah. Mm. Didn't get anywhere near the goal and you're thinking, mate, come on. I don't care how it goes in for driving now. Whether off his face, off his backside, or off his bum. Don't care. He needs yeah. a goal. Promising start though. Created a few chances already. But Drynan really has to do better there. That's at least seven chances now he's not scored. Bang out of form. And clearly lacking confidence. I feel sorry for him in that regard. Something's got to click somewhere sometimes. Yeah. 
And like Kenny so. said in his post-match, I think after Colchester, you know, he said to, to, to Aaron that, you know, at least you're getting into these opportunities yeah, and these positions. It will happen at some point. More than Harry Smith is doing when Harry Smith yeah. on the pitch. Harry Smith has had zero, zero opportunities, I think. So at least, I, if you're going to give Dryden his dues to say, at least Dryden is getting... Because mm. Smith couldn't outpace the defences like Dryden no. is doing. No, and, there's only, and but, there's only so long that that comment will last for. Because if he's going to start getting into double figures with the missed opportunities, then it's like, come on, mate. Yeah, I agree. 17th minute, Ethan Coleman, a decent shot on target. Not much power, though. Easy for King and the Salford goal. Yeah, fast forward to the 29th minute. Salford almost took the lead as a poor Theo Archibald clearance from a corner. Uh, found its way to Corey Nadaba unmarked in the box and <coughs> shot from six yards out Lawrence Vigor who thought she made a great save oh, with his legs great save Vig stood up well I mean to be fair straight at him but still had to literally react to what was going on yeah. great save Vigor really good yeah I missed that because I took my son to the loo then so yeah great time to uh Great time to miss that, but thank goodness someone in the team is alert to the danger. How is their man on his own inside our box like that? How is that even allowed to happen? Why is Thompson not more aware of, of this man? It's absolutely poor defending from us, fed up with it. Like, and to your point earlier, Kenny Jacket can do so much, but once the players step over that yes. line, if they're switching off and not doing certain things, and not realising that there's a man, their man near them, unmarked, you're absolutely right. Yeah, we nearly pulled a Colchester. We had a counter-attack from it. Newball sending a low, powerful cross inches away from Drynan in the middle, so it wasn't meant to be. A chance for Salford came in the 42nd minute as Ethan Coleman lost possession and looked for a foul, but the ref played on. A cross came in from Hunter, was parried by Lawrence Vigarou. The ball came out to Asante Thomas, but before he could get his shot off, superhero Shadrach Ogie made a superb last-ditch challenge Vigor ended up manage ended up gathering the ball off the back of that superb from Shad there. Absolute pinpoint timing. If he'd have got that a split second wrong, there'd have been a penalty. Vigor does well as well, to be fair. Decent, decent save there. I think Ethan Coleman has been good so far. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's been amazing, been good. He does yeah. get shrugged off the ball far too easy. He appeals for a foul there. Never a foul. And he tries to take his man out and take one for the team, but his man's gone past him. Mm. Tries to give him like a little scissor to take the free kick, but I His man's like that. gone. Yeah. That's the difference between League Two and National League. He's got to be a bit stronger. There was a few things like that yesterday where just just, just little nudges off the ball. You're like, just be a bit stronger, and you'd be a, you'd be right. Yeah, it is surprising. The National League is like a, a an aggy league, isn't it? It's full of like yeah, yeah. lumps in there. So yeah, fair enough. One minute of added time has played out. Nothing to report. The referee blew the half to a close with the game ending at half-time, nil-nil. I do believe that's a new club record, Mr Levy. Ten mm. games without scoring in the first half. New club record. Well done, everyone. Not a record that you really want, is it? One tweet that we mentioned here. James O'Hagan said, not the worst first half, definitely not the best, but not the worst. Thompson is not a right-back. Cautiously optimistic for the second half, which so, I missed because my son had had enough. Your son, at half-time, I've had enough. I want to go home, oh so God. you took him home. He must have had a sixth sense about these things because Literally. his only other game was when he stayed for a 4 0, 5 0, 4 1 Oldham and 1 0 Ebbs Fleet. So he's seen two and a half games of football and two and a half and <laughs> decent games of football at that. Brilliant. So his second half kicked off. Yeah. No subs for Yo's. 50th minute, massive, massive chance. Nublay played Aaron Julian through, beat the offside trap. Jarnum was through 1 1 versus King. Skewed his shot wide, and you knew what was coming. Salford took the ball into the O's half. Sante Thomas got it on the left, crossed it in. Liam Shepard ran into the box unmarked, passed the ball into the net from close range. 
Salford had the lead. I mean, it same old, same old. Massive chance for Dryden. That was a better chance than the first half one. And we're obviously right in front of that, so we can see it so clear. And I don't know how he's got it so wrong. Honestly, when it's that close in front of you, you're like, mate, like, I don't know how you've missed it by so much. And then, ironically, I was texting. I knew you'd be driving. I was just going to text you say, Dryden's Mr. Sitter. And I heard a little round of applause for, on my right. And I looked round and they were celebrating their goal, which I missed. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Should have known. One nil, terrible. But Dryden has to do better. But we have to remain switched on because their man is just literally just Shepherd. No one on Shepherd at all. It just yeah. walks through the defence. And before the ball comes to Asante Thomas, it's like three midfielders. Prattley, I think um, Coleman, just just can't get near the midfielder to stop the initial ball getting played to Asante Thomas. So really disappointing. Really disappointing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Drinan. Drynan missing another golden chance again. How is he not being benched and Ruel being given an opportunity? I'm sure if he'd been given these opportunities, he'd have buried at least one or two of them. Yeah, I mean, Kenny... Because oh, I think he's just got that that goal he scored uh, from at that really, really tight angle that he had no right to score Bradford. against. Brad... Was it Bradford? Yeah. However, Kenny did say his post-match, Royal, and again, we can come on to this, and I think a few people mentioned later, saying Royal wasn't 100% fit for it. I mean, nonsense. But then people, have said, people have said, why, why is he on the bench then? Yeah, I don't yeah, believe I it. Don't believe it. For their goal, a cluster of errors, and we got caught ball-watching. Prattley didn't pick up a Santi Thomas, and Ogie left Shepherd. So when you're not switched on, like you know, Kenny, like you said earlier, Kenny can only be responsible for so much. The team have to take their own responsibility. And I'm, I don't believe they are. I don't think they care enough, to be honest with you. I think some of them probably don't care enough to, to, to change it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be conceding these stupid goals. Yeah, very poor goal. Very poor goal to concede. <clears throat> the 54th minute, Salford were close to extending their lead. Asante Thomas got in on the left, fired at Vigory from close range. Vig's done very well to make the save. Yeah, great save again. This started from a pass from Coleman to Prattley that was intercepted in, in midfield. We don't do enough to pick up the runners. Yeah, as soon as we lost possession, we they up. were on us. and we, we Counter-attack, yeah. yeah, absolutely. They see our heads were down a little bit for whatever reason or that they're, they're capitalising on the fact that we're on a downward trend and, and they're trying to push up. Um, you know, uh, 55 minutes on the clock, there was a double change for Orient as Harry Smith came on for Frank Nublay and Hector Kiprianu came on for Adam Thompson. I've got to say, Go this really confused me, these substitutions. I thought Nublet was actually doing all right on the left. Like, if you were going to make that sub, bear in mind, Dryden has missed two absolute sitters. Surely you would have taken off Dryden for Smith and left Nublet on. And taken off Thompson for Hector. Everyone, everyone looked at each other and went, what? But that meant that he put Khan, who was doing all right in right midfield, causing them problems, looking at most Getting crosses in creative player, meant he put him at right right wing back and he put Theo at left wing. So he'd take the threat where it was coming from the sides, had now we'd gone to go behind and he'd put another one in defence. Or done the three five or the five three two, whatever way you're looking at it. And you're like, What have you done? Like it doesn't make sense. And that was probably the first time I've looked for me anyway, that like, I've looked at Kenny Sub and gone, I don't I don't understand why you've done it. I late substitutions I could take or leave it, like really. I don't I don't really it doesn't really bother me enough to kind of rant about it, although I see why people do. But that one I was like, you've got thirty five minutes, so I appreciate you need to get a Smith on. But I don't think you've gone about it the right the right way. And you, you alluded to it earlier. Adam Thompson not happy to be subbed. So we've had multiple sources say Thompson 
Not shaking hands with anyone on the bench. Straight down the tunnel. Shouting. Shouted. Not a happy man, Adam Thompson. And again, not the first time an Orient player who's been subbed has reacted like that. Not watched his teammates play out the remaining 35 minutes or whatever it is to play. Straight down to the tunnel. Shows a bit of a lack of discipline. Lack of control over the players. When your players are doing that to Mm. you... But it shows there's a bigger problem. And that's why they're responding that way. Because happy players don't play... Like, if you're being substituted and you're a happy player in the camp and you know you're part of the team or you're being treated in a, in a better way by the by the manager. You know, you see it in the Premier League all the time. They come off, they're shaking hands with the player, coming off, they shake hands with the manager and they go and sit on the bench. They might not be happy about it, but they do that. And now players aren't doing that. So there's clearly something yeah. not right in the first team camp. And I, I won't be told otherwise. Our mark then, Salford made it 2-0. Lawrence Vigaru made a great save from a Matt Smith header and from the resulting corner, Vassell headed home unmarked from close range. Terrible goal to concede. Harry Smith completely jumps, misses the ball and an easy header for Vassell. Game over. And what has happened in the second half? We, look, we looked good in the first mm, half. Well, because not, we not, were balanced. Not amazing, but de- good. Yeah. decent, right? Balanced. Second half, all that impetus... Gone. First goal, head's gone straight down. Crazy substitutions. Five minutes later, two and all down. But Harry Smith like misses the header and then looks around for someone blames to blame. everyone else. Like mate, well, that was you. you. That was you should have had that. You're six foot four. You should have had that. Everyone's six foot you to head that ball. Yeah. Normally he's very good in the box. To be fair, we've commented on the fact that he wins the headers in the box and then helps get us up the pitch. So normally he's pretty good like that. But at the moment, there's something wrong with his attitude. Terrible goal to concede. Absolutely, he's turning around, holding his arms out, going, "Whoa, what's going on here, mate? You're six foot four. You've got to jump like you're six foot eight. You've only got to jump four inches, which for a footballer, for a striker, shouldn't be that much of a problem." No, I agree. You know what? What are you doing in training? Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, we looked dead after that. We looked dead and buried. Sixty fifth minute though, Harry Smith looked to be through. Flick on from Amandrinon. But Turnbull and Vassell recovered and they got the ball away to safety. Yeah, six, 72 minutes on the clock. The ball broke for Shad Ogie who drove at goal but Turnbull made a last-ditch sliding tackle. Three minutes later, Kelly had a low-driven effort goal across goal, marginally wide of the post. I know you weren't there. Had that gone in or had a third gone in, it would have started getting very, very uncomfortable. There was already voices of discontent at 2-0 but it was all right. Mm. Had they made it 3-0 at that point, I think you would have seen a bit of a, a revolt in the south stand. 85th minute in, Ethan Coleman shot, ball bounced up to him, but well over the bar. Yeah, so three minutes of added time were played with nothing to mention and the full-time whistle went as the O's winless run in 2022 continued as Salford took all three points back home. Chorus of boos erupted around Brisbane Road along with chants of you're not fit to wear the shirt as the O's failed to score in four consecutive home league games for the first time since October 99, January 2000, which was a run of six games. Good stat, I did notice as well, the full-time whistle. And I don't normally... St- no, to be fair, I do normally stay to see the team clap off. I didn't yesterday. But I did stay long enough to see that Joe Gallon made the players come over and clap the South Stand. Now, Jacket... I don't know if Jacket normally he does it. He does. never does. Jacket wasn't anywhere to be seen, but Gallon made... He's added that Gallon, Gallon made a point... Gallon made a point to get all the players to clap. And I was quite surprised about that you're not fit to wear this shirt. It was, it, don't get me wrong, it wasn't the whole stadium singing it, but it was loud enough from the South Stand. There was enough people singing it that those players on the pitch would have heard that yeah. clearly to hear it. And Gallon went, right, come on, you go and clap. Because I think a few players weren't, weren't going to do that. No, I'm not surprised. So well played to Gallon for getting the players to do it. I like 
we've never met Joe Gallon, but I well, never said it before. We never will either. I like I, I do like Joe Gallon. I think Gallon's alright. So gonna play a bit of Kenny's interview. We're gonna play the first one minute thirty five because he makes some very interesting points that we're gonna end up talking about uh, in a minute. So here's what uh Dave Victor had to get from Kenny Jacket well after done. the match. <laughs> Well, Kenny, thanks for joining us. Have promotion ambitions now turned to relegation fears? Oh, they did a few weeks ago, definitely. You know, we've, we've needed to get going. We haven't really put the performances in. And, and also, we haven't reacted well to situations. That's the biggest frustration for the group. And, and you know, for us, there's a, there's a few minutes in the in the second half at nil-nil where Aaron goes through. Unfortunately, he misses that opportunity. His pace is very, very good. Uh, and... Um, uh, from from a real good opportunity one end, we've gone one nil down the other, and and the, the the frustrating thing for me is from one nil down. You know, I understand that there's a there's there's, there's a process. We could have been one one nil up, and then we're one nil down. But you know, from one nil down there, I thought we you know we fell away quite badly, and and that's the alarming thing definitely, and and that's what we have to address because you know things like that happen, and we have to respond better than we did at going one nil down. First half, you was high pressing and a lot of desire, but that seemed to vanish after the restart. Is that fair? Yeah, I do think that. I, th- I think it was a poor second half for us, and, and you know, in the first half there was some promise in, in you know the, the the way we were trying to approach things, the way we were closing down the balls we got into the box. You know, we did get down the sides a little bit and got got balls in the box pretty well. And you know, when things go wrong for us, though, we fall away and fall away quickly and fall away quite a long way, and and that's a frustrating thing. And and um, you know, it's been a feature of this run because, as you say, you know we're, we're in the game. We're definitely in the game, but you know a, a, a sequence in that second half, and then from then on is a disappointing part. So that was Kenny Jacket talking to Dave Victor after the game. That whole interview is available on the club's YouTube channel. Should you want to watch it, for me, I thought that was an interesting interview. I think the point that he makes about being in a relegation fight and knowing that over the last few weeks kind of made my eyebrows raise a little bit because. Uh, if you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but 11 days ago, our chairman done a Q&A with the club saying he still thought we could get promotion. And if the manager thinks we've been in a relegation fight for the last couple of weeks, then is my chairman not talking to my manager? Because there seems to be such a vast difference, not just on that, but from what they've said previously about being aggressive in the transfer window and the players they're targeting about lack of experience, about going for the youth out of the conference. It seems to be a very, very disbalanced view between what is coming out from Nigel and what Kenny is saying. Again, that's another example of that that I thought, how can it be so wrong? Because that's not what Nigel was saying to me 11, 11 days ago when he was done the club Q&A. So I thought that was really, really strange. And then, again, maybe going off piece, and not, Nigel takes a few beatings in some of the tweets we're going to raise and everyone is entitled to their opinions. But I think he's putting himself out there so much that he's making himself kind of... Target. The one to blame, the target, mm. which is all right for a chairman, but I think when you've got a director of football who is making some of your decisions for you, I think Martin Link has to be more accountable for what is happening at the moment from Nigel. So I've seen Nigel everywhere. I've seen Nigel on the Lowdown podcast. I've seen Nigel do things with the club. I've seen him on the BBC explain the club's decisions, but I've not seen anything from my director of football explain those decisions. And it's all well and good Nigel telling me why the club are doing it. And I have the greatest respect for Nigel. But Nigel's not a football man. He can't tell me about footballing decisions like Martin Link can or my director of football can. 
And I think he's getting so much flack because he's the one putting himself out there. I think Martin should be doing more. As a director of football, wouldn't you want to tell your fans about why you're making decisions? Because he's not really out there doing anything to make mm. himself accountable. It's almost like he's, he's forgotten that. He's like, well, I'll let Nigel explain what we're doing and everyone can give Nigel the flack. I don't know what Martin... Or why he's been so protected. Put him out there. And I think pretty clear that I think we would like Martin on this podcast we've asked for him at the moment we haven't got him maybe time will tell maybe we'll get him but if we don't get him I hope the club will put him out there to explain some of the decisions that are being made because again Nigel Travis telling me why Dan Kemp has left or why they've signed who they've signed will only get me so far Martin I think be able to express it better from a football perspective and maybe give us more understanding of that or tell us what he's thinking about Kenny's substitutions or the tactics or his feelings on the results but so far, it's absolute radio silence from him, mm. which I don't think is fair on Nigel or Kenny because, you know, ultimately, Martin Ling is Kenny Jackett's boss to a certain extent. Yeah, no, he is, yeah. He's he the go-between between, between yeah. the football and the board, whereas Nigel's given all these football explanations and Dave Travis is going on podcast. I don't really want to hear what they've got to say about football with the utmost of respect because that's not their background. I want to hear from the director of football about footballing decisions, about his thoughts on football. But nothing's being said on that. Mm. I don't get it. I don't understand. Good points. Thank you. Really good points. Really spot on. I, I, I'm inclined to agree. I think you're absolutely right. We need to hear from the director of football. Not even done a club interview, like you said. He's like you said. He's welcome on this show. Um, time will tell and see what happens with that. So let's move on then, because yeah. we've got an awful lot of, of we have to get through the league table first off. That defeat means that fortunately we stay in 16th in League Two. We've now played 29 games. We've won seven of them, drawn 12, lost 10. We've got 33 points on the board. We need to get to that magic 40 as quickly as possible. We've now got a positive goal difference of of plus nine, nearly said minus then. Um, so we are still in the positive. But that's diminished significantly. We had positive 13, positive 16. 16 at a peak, yeah. You know, so it's really clearly diminishing. My, my two pence worth on that, a game of two halves is the cliche. And there's no finer, uh, finer uh, um, opportunity to use that and, than on that game. I thought we looked really balanced in the first half. Players looked assured and, dare I say it, confident. I thought our back line was strong. I thought Khan and Archibald were having some great success down the wings when I well, saw. So I couldn't believe how much they were pinging into the box. Something we've really, really lacked in recent games. Um, that directness that Theo brings, that directness that um, Otis was able to give us because he had didn't have to do the defensive part of the job. Um, Coleman, I thought, looked excellent. I thought Prattley uh, was getting stuck in from what I saw as well. The only negatives, which in this situation are quite significant, Drynan had chances and didn't take them. And we're switching off at vital moments when we're ball watching and we're getting punished. It's not like we're getting away with the lapses in concentration. We're being punished every single time which is fine if you then go up the other end and score two goals to win the game 2-1 or 3-2 but that's not happening the games are too tight for that to be happening Uh, as I mentioned earlier I missed the second half but Kenny Jackett made changes he probably didn't need to make he could have just left it as it was and seen how it went for an hour 70 minutes because we weren't doing badly and I don't think those goals come if he left it as it was I honestly don't Thompson was fine at right back. Um, so why change what was... If it isn't broken, why are you trying to fix it? I don't. I just don't get it. Um, he's making changes that are ultimately losing us games. And like I said earlier, it just reminds me of the Steve Davis reign 
um, tinkering with the squad similarities are really staggering and we're definitely going backwards here in looking at relegation rather than stability or even playoffs and promotions not even nowhere near it should be nowhere near any Orient fans vocabulary at the moment I'm totally totally on board with the reason as to what's caused the instability you know the unbelievable injuries that we've had and continue to have the illnesses that get people knocked down on the day of a match I mean you can't mitigate for stuff like that but Kenny Jackett doesn't seem to be able to play a system that suits the personnel that's available. It just doesn't. And football is a simple game. It really is, but it's, people make it complicated unnecessarily. They really do. And finally, the level of apathy amongst fans is growing at an alarming level. People are like not bothered. You know, our friend Matt that didn't come. Yes, they couldn't be bothered to come, wasn't bothered to come. I'm not bothered that I missed the second half of that game could have quite easily missed the whole game and probably not been bothered by it, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm not bothered that much anymore. And that's a shame. And, and I see loads of people saying exactly the same thing. I was speaking to people on the phone today. Yes, they're not bothered by it anymore. It's a real shame. The, the, the club are losing fans and we're, not, we're feeling even more disconnected to the club. Even though Nigel's coming out and working hard to do that, it's just not enough of engagement. You know, that, that, that bridge that, that us... Fan, fan run media were able to bring to the club. Good point. You know, spor- sporadic guests. It's just not. It's just not not the same anymore. But anyway, your views. Yeah, mine are going to be quite short and sweet. I don't really understand what happened in that match. The first half was actually all right. Like we've said, the second half it just went downhill. Once they got the first goal, and once Kenny had made those ridiculous substitutions from a formations uh, perspective, like it was done. Like they just thought they were playing for the sake of it. All lost all balance. I mean, Drynan, I don't need to repeat myself on the podcast again, misses absolute, two absolute sitters. The second one is even worse than the first one. But most scary part for me is that was the first time I'd watched an Orient team this season. And at 1-0 down and at 2-0 down, they did not have a clue how to get back into it. No one talking on the pitch. No one leading them on the pitch. 0% fight from anyone. Like Nothing going on. Kenny just standing there like almost emotionless just standing there arms crossed in his dugout no emotion no backup and I was looking there going can I honestly see this team get relegated and for the first time I had a little bit of doubt in my mind that we'd get relegated whereas before I've always discounted it immediately and gone we won't get relegated the first time I thought yeah this team could potentially get relegated I've not felt that before and that was the most alarming part to me I still don't think we will because I think we'll end up taking enough points to get through it. However, I looked around at that team yesterday towards that closing 20 minutes and thought there's no one taking any kind of responsibility here. Mm-hmm. Smith's body language was all wrong. The system wasn't working. Beckles was quiet. Pratty wasn't saying a word. Salford could have had four or five really after. Bigley makes about three excellent saves. And you're just thinking, what has happened here? Archibald was so potent with his crossing first half of the season. Whether he's been rushed back early, whatever. Crosses he put in were nowhere near the quality he was putting in towards the early season. Smith wasn't making any runs. Maybe he's not getting the service or the balls what he needs to get onto the end of it. It just looked so lacklustre and so negative. And most fans couldn't even be bothered to even chant Jack it out. Mm. Like you were saying, apathy. Like No one cared. Like... By the time the full-time whistle came, people couldn't get out quick enough. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Really disappointing. And although the sense wasn't announced, it was announced in the game. I think it was like 4,400. That's for a Saturday game. And bear in mind, Salford, I think, bought like 120. 
that's a low attendance and that will keep getting lower if they keep playing mm-hmm. like what they're playing. It's a thousand down on what it was. I think the board, yeah, I think the board, I think that will worry the board. I think the board will look at that for a Saturday game and think, bloody hell, what has happened here? Mm. What is going on here? So, yeah, not a good day for the club. Again, loads and loads of your views. We're going to read as many as we can, or a lot, but they all make similar points, but make different points at the same time. Paul Ravens, 39. So Jacket has to go. If he doesn't, clearly nobody on the board knows how to run a football club. And equally, Ling has to go too. As director of football, he is just as much to blame for this mess. The football is dreadful, and that is his remit. Both mm. should be sacked today. I must admit, mm. I kept my phone close to me between five and seven because I thought I can't put it. I thought, sod's law, if I put it down, I'm going to miss something in terms of a club announcement. And I had it. I had it waiting there. And we didn't see it. Well, there's no post-match player interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. Okay, and, well, let's finish this now. Yeah. There's no pro post-match player interview. There's no report from the game, which might just be an administrative thing. But there's been nothing really from the club for a long time. And considering that's not normal, I mean, they're going to announce the new CEO Monday, maybe Tuesday. Yeah heard rumours of a name who that might be I'd be quite interested in that person but again it's all gone deftly quiet yes. again yeah the fact that it's been so quiet on social media today from an official perspective leads us to think that something may or may not be happening I guess we will see we don't know anything to be to be fair but very interesting the silence from the club yeah. today not normally seen on a Sunday so North East underscore O so I don't know where we go from here but we can't carry on like this. Nine without a win now? People have been sacked for far less. Kenny was brought in to get us promoted this season or next, and we're nowhere close. Yeah, Wells, eighteen eighty one. Lee kept it really short, really sweet. He said, no pace, no skill, and no idea. That's the clean version. I think I took out uh, a certain the word. Expletive. Yeah, Ron Sampson, 15, said, this will continue until we work out how to score a goal again. Trying is hopeless, and I mean really hopeless. Misses chance after chance. He alone could have won most games this year if he put away good chances. Yeah. Surely time for Real to get a run in the team. Exactly. Maybe the guy needs a rest, a la what happened to Darren Prattley. Maybe that just needs to happen. Phil Vesey, one, said, This is a bad as run as I can remember. I hate to say it, but I wonder if this is the time for a change of manager. Hard to see this turning round. David Barrett, six, said, These players are letting the manager down big there time. There you go. Which kind of plays into what you were saying earlier. Dear Stu said, Ling needs to be away from any involvement with the first team now. There's a common denominator and he is it. I can't see where a win is coming from. The board, and that's not just Nigel Travis, need to do something and fast. The support will dwindle rapidly. Already is. Already is. I don't know if C underscore Ed said, how can we go from one end of the spectrum in the first half to the other end in the second? First half, we closed him down and knocked it around well. The second half, Completely the other way. I can't describe how angry I am. Change needed. Yeah, and this is the change that everybody wanted in the first place, where they were crying out for an experienced, uh, an experienced manager, and we've got that experienced manager. So something, something's not right somewhere uh, along the lines. And Linda Parrott one eight six tweeted and said, "Why no third sub when we needed to change things?" Yeah, fair shout. Orient Meat Pie said another awful performance. There seems to be a pattern every season, irrespective of the manager. I'd suggest this goes higher than Jacket. Same, but different season. Yeah, Steve Chaplin said, I'm not one to call for managers to go, but I think we've reached the end of the, of the line. Lack of ideas, lack of passion, lack of energy. 
we need a change. Yes, our barber, 1986, and I was so excited and optimistic when Kenny arrived. I would like to give him time, but we can't afford to get relegated, and I can't see this slide down the table stopping anytime soon. We've had injuries, sure, but he should be getting more out of what we have. Yeah, Prediction League and Hero of the Week sponsor at Essex Biz uh, tweeted and said a reset is needed. I really don't like the vibes coming out of the club at the moment. It feels like everyone is pulling in different directions. We now need Nigel and Kent to come together, show face and lead us out of this mess before it's too late. Scrap the transfer committee and start again because this strategy clearly isn't working. Yeah, good point. Wadzi said, good to see you again, Adam. I don't understand the double sub in the second half. Me neither. Do not understand. I understand. I understand it. Um, Smith coming on to get Smith off but I don't understand the way he made it happen by taking Nublet off and I don't for a second understand why he took Thompson off for um, Hector I thought both players have been doing well I agree and we made Salford look poor in the first half we were really up for it I did everything but score shouldn't have predicted a good second half to you chaps at half time when we saw him in the uh, south stand <laughs> a kiss of death yeah gold 9-3-1 said it's ridiculous what's going on let's just appoint Harold now to the end of the season see if it makes a difference then at least we can give our seventh manager under the new owners a chance by the way Jack it goes that's another one who hasn't lasted a season five out of six that'll be when you see it, I don't I put that together so that's five appointments out of six haven't lasted yeah. The season. season of appointment. Steve Davis, Ross Embleton, um, twice. Although he was interim once, wasn't he? Yeah. Carl Fletcher. It would then be Kenny. That's four. Joe B. I'm missing. Maybe Joe B. Yeah, I mean, Jack. that's a stat you look at. You go, that's pretty. Be- that's pretty damaging on anyone. And yeah. I think you know, if, if I had to appoint someone in a role underneath me, and five times out of six I'd got it wrong, and there'd be a quick turnover. Mm. I'm pretty sure my boss would come to me and go, Steve, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, very weird. Parks, the 1881. So I went to the toilet with 15 minutes to go. Returned. Parks, you don't suspect going to the toilet, mate. I returned and stood behind the disabled, handicapped supporters in the West End and watched the fans leave with barely any emotion. I watched the nose team with no direction or passion. And that's on every one of them from top to bottom. Adam, must say well done on your interview with um, Nigel. Nigel Travis. Yeah, really good. Well done, mate. Frank Beavis said, us Orient fans don't expect much, but this is taking the mick. One goal all year. Something has to change. Brisbane Road becoming more toxic every week. Yeah, wings mad. It's an absolute terrible performance. No fight, no passion. First time I've said it, but Jack, it needs to go now before it's too late. We are now in a relegation fight, and if the worst happens and we go down, the club can save himself some money. I'm not bother posting me a season ticket form. Lots of people sort of saying for the first time today. This is off, the apathy off from I yesterday. Talked about. Yeah. Like I'm done. Done. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Robert Pope EYF said, was there today. The team look that's a new Twitter handle yeah. as well. So welcome, Robert. The team looked completely disjointed and devoid of confidence. Drynan and Prattley were particularly bad. I thought Coleman and Karma were okay, but we lack creativity through the middle and we are toothless up front. All for giving Kenny Jacket time. But we are sinking fast. Another new Twitter handle, son of a Mitch forty eight said earlier in the season we were getting annoyed at drawing every other week. <laughs> Anyone else missing those days? Amen. Certainly am. Tip tool. Another new one said, Prattley cost us the first goal. Big Smith was reading the match. Uh, Big Smith was reading the match <laughs> program for the second. Smith's record for opposition set piece this season is shocking. He seems to think his presence is sufficient for defending. Good night. Hit. Head. MS Orion, Mark Schaffer not enjoying his ride at the moment with Orient. Steve Davis was sacked after 16 without a win. Kenny is now 10. Clear to see when Davis got the boot, it changed dramatically. The board must relieve Kenny from his duties 
as the players need a different approach. Yeah, the the, the other similar similarity in Davis and Jacket that I see is the changes in formation without need and confusing the players and the lack of confidence in the squad, which yeah. is well, in danger of yeah. repeating myself. Paul Skinner, 88, said, best first half we've had this calendar year, which I agree with. This, then, it all fell apart as soon as Salford scored. Drynan's miss was the turning point. Jacket's subs were farcical, and Smith is like kicking a ball against the wall for how many weeks in a row? Still, Jacket out, probably Ling too. Les OK, 52, said, first half was average, second half was an embarrassment that made Salford look like Barcelona. I know Kenny Jacket has lost key players, but this was not good enough. Mm. It's like the players are not fussed. Has he lost the dressing room? Also, at what point is Royal going to get a chance? I'm sorry, but Kenny has to go. Has he lost the dressing room? Good point. Yeah, he may well have lost a few yeah. in the dressing room. Wilco 300 said, The first 20 minutes proves we're capable of playing attacking football, but too many defensive players who revert to type. The squad that's been put together doesn't have enough creativity and is too soft in midfield. I've not. I've seen nothing that suggests Kenny Jacket is the man to take us forward. Yeah, Sean Galway, eighty six, another new handle to me. Yep. He said played the best football in months at four four two. Go one 0 down, and he reverts back to a back five again, switching out a best attacking threat to right back. Said it. Hundred percent. Yeah, Sean, you've articulated that yeah. far better than what I did in my rambling. Yeah. Ian Hutchinson zero eight <laughs> said worst second half I've ever seen. Two sloppy goals to concede, and for God's sake, just stay with your men. Most of them players need a good kick up the backside and told some home truths. No leaders on the pitch, dragging the rest over the line. It's all too friendly and nice. It makes me sick. Good point, Ian. I think we need to invest in the bleep button where we keep the tweets and then just bleep out over the uh, over the expletives. Yeah. Super Tech, three three two six, And we started brightly. Thought we'd turn the corner. Archibald and Carmel Lively. Then Salford started to dominate from about 30 minutes. Once the first goal went in, heads went down. Never looked likely to get back in the game. Disappointing. Yeah, uh, Kid Sampson said, I'm a big fan of Martin Ling. Uh, sorry, I'm as big a fan of Martin Ling as there is. Met and liked the bloke he gave us 2006 and was an integral, uh, was as integral in the rebuilding of this club post 2016 as anyone. Utmost respect for the bravery and openness with which he has confronted his health issues, but it's time to go. Yeah, a lot more tweets coming in now about Martin Ling. Ben Whitlock, 13. So the first 30 minutes, I thought Dryden and Uble linked up well. I would have thought young. I would have got Young on as he's got energy and an eye for a pass. I also think mm. Ruel, playing on the shoulder of their defence, could have stretched him. Mm. We seem to have loads of centre-halves but can't defend crosses. That's a great point. Great point. Several great points there. <laughs> yeah. Paul T. Carroll, 69, said, All them players are just playing for a wage. There's no passion. There's no fight. There's no desire. Can't kick a ball to save their lives. Shame on them. Billy Carroll, GB, said, What does Jacket have to do to get sacked? He's putting us in a relegation scrap. Got enough? Does he have to relegate us first? Ball need to wake up, take action. Ten winless now. Any other manager gets sacked for that. Oxooch says something odd about the situation where we are sweeping teams aside and conceding nothing to the mess we are in now. Clearly injuries hurt, but not this much. The players have been good enough, so this is a management problem that needs solving. Mood, morale, setup, solve it, please. Rayleigh Dave said, Kenny Jacket has got to go and now. Obvious he's lost the dressing room. And what happened at half-time to turn us into an OK team first half into a dire second? Could have had a four or five, but for Viggs, something is very wrong. And Nigel and Kenny to act now if we are not to go down. Disgraceful and unacceptable. TX Trev said, I'm not sure Kenny is getting uh, what he was promised at his interview. If he goes... If he goes, no manager in his right mind will come to this club. You'll end up with two Ling puppets like Harold and Saar, but it's too late by then. Yeah, Tom Davies, E17, made a great point. He said, I can't quite believe that Tom James and Craig Clay are so superhuman that their absence causes the entire team to completely malfunction. 
Something else is profoundly wrong and no one seems to have the first clue how to correct it. I can't see how we stay up from here. I don't I don't get that relegation vibe that I think we'll go. I think there will be two worse teams than us. I don't Yeah, think so do I. So do I. I don't think there's that's not a, in my vision or my consciousness. I also we've also got to play most of those teams below us. So we've still got Scunthorpe at home. We've got to go to Oldham away. We've got mm. Harrogate coming up. We've got Carlow at home coming up who I think third bottom we mm. lost again. It's in our hands, favourably in our hands. And I'd fancy us to beat teams like Carlisle. But well, we said that about Colchester. Who yeah, we did, bottom. absolutely we did. And I think that's what's starting to worry people now by yeah. the fact we've sat and gone, well, we'll, beat, we'll turn over Colchester, who made a change and improved. Sheridan and Oldham has improved them. You've already mentioned Scunthorpe and Keyfield, where they're getting better. Not, they're still losing quite a few, but they're winning more than what they were. So I think people start to get a bit nervous. Like I said, for the first time in the second half, I looked at the team and I was like, this team could go down. They think they will still. But I looked and I thought, if they don't back up their ideas, they will definitely get involved into a relegation yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Dave Nels said, another dire performance. When changes were needed, one of our better attacking performers was made to play at right back. What has Ruel done to Jacket that he isn't even considered an option on the bench? Can't be any worse. Nigel Lad White said, the owners were talking about playoffs in the summer, yet here we are lying 16th on the table, nervously looking over our shoulder. Poor season, which could get even worse. Jacket is yesterday's man. He no longer has the ability, hunger or desire to take us forward. Big Ads LOFC said, it's as simple as peas in my opinion. Nigel Travis and the rest of the board collectively are getting it hugely wrong can't always be the manager's fault. Things need to change quickly because make no mistake about it, we could end up in a relegation scrap. Yeah, amazing bag man once. The team looked like they were playing a meaningless, meaningless game in May. I know the board wants to give Jacket time, but we'll be back in the National League next year if we keep going. A good manager gets the best out of his team rather than the next in players he does like Wood. Yeah, Chris Cowell too said, I really thought at half-time we'd turn, it, we'd turn the corner. High press, Otis and Theo down the flanks. Coleman looking composed in midfield. He did he did very well, Ethan Coleman. Then the second half conceded and all the confidence just drained away. Yeah, El Castaneto said it's stick or twist with Jacket now. Team of formation changes every week and the same results. Is there a plan here? Or has he lost the dressing room by constantly blaming the players and freezing players out? Not seeing the manager we were hoping for here, but a change now is risky. Molly Folly 2019 has the penultimate word this week. He said, you can talk about the ownership, the players, the fans, the history, the shirt... But when the only thing you have left in the locker to save you is a potential new manager bounce, then you know how badly our club has sunk once again. And the final word on this one goes to Orient Chris, who says two goals in nine games, two points from 27, just seven points off the relegation place. He says it all really. We are in free fall with no sign of turning things around. An epic, epic amount of tweets in this episode. These are so all many tweets. variables, so many different comments and a lot saying the same thing, but also adding different things on. I think we were saying before, I think there's like kind of four buckets at the moment, isn't there? There's one, one jacket out, two ling out, three, the board needs to take swift action, or four, what are the players, players doing? So it's quite quite varied and all great points made. And I'll say it again, these were all points that came into us or in Outlook. We aren't taking tweets from just out there. These are all tweets that come into us. All and that's only a selection, and that's or? about twenty percent of the tweets that we've got. That we've named. No. We could go. We could do a four-hour podcast with conversations. Just on fans, just going but on. we just yeah. won't. So thanks to everyone who has tweeted us. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those tweets that have been read out. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook 
like we said at the top of the podcast, you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. We're also on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast, or we are on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. Yep, so let's move on then. There are a number of correct predictions, unfortunately, uh, in the Carol Langley Florist Prediction League. So well done to everybody who correctly, unfortunately, correctly predicted <laughs> uh, that result. So that means the top of the Prediction League is as follows Leighton Ori is top on 19 points, Nino underscore Barone is on 18 points in second place. Wadsey is third on 17 points. And Dan Orton, 2590. And Parksy, 1881, are on 16 points. And we haven't forgotten January's winner for uh, the Prediction League. They get a spot prize. Uh, John will be making that very shortly and we'll announce who that was. Yeah, five horse race at the top of the Prediction League. Interesting to see which way it will go. So Sunday... The 13th of February. Ladies were in action. They played Ridgeway Rovers. Came away with a one-all draw thanks to a second-half strike from Bates. Well done to Bates. So, one hour, 32 minutes. Another beast of a podcast, but it was no midweek game this week, so we've all got lots of time on our hand. Hour next week. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Fantasy football then. Jack Merritt is doing well. He's top of the Orient Outlook podcast. Fantasy football on 1,650 points. He's ahead of James Durkin and in second on 1,590 points. There's a bit of a gap opening up because I remember that being about two or three points yes. off each other. Obviously, that's still the league's table still needs to uh, update following today's games, but Steve's doing really well now, much better in 162nd place out of 315. You've had a good good couple of games weeks. game weeks. I have. I've not done too badly. Getting better. Good midweek and a poor, a poor Saturday now. My cat is literally destroying my leg underneath the table. <laughs> He's raging at jacket. He's telling me jacket out, ling out. I'm saying no mittens. Calm down. Calm down, mittens. So positives and negatives of the week. I'll do the positives. Mittens, calm down. Positives of the week. I only got two. <laughs> First of all, Theo Archibald back in the squad. Good yeah. to see Theo back. We know the quality Theo has. Hopefully he comes back. Yeah. Gets a bit uh, a bit more game time next Saturday and make, plays a decisive role. And the second positive is the first half against Salford. Looked a lot more balanced, a yeah. lot better in the first half. So yeah. more of that, please, next week, Kenny and the boys. Yeah, negatives then. We had picked up several back-to-back losses in a week and we're obviously still winless in 2022. Uh, confidence, it looks like it's left the players. They, they seem to be really lacking. Another injury, Dan Happy this time. Now five players that have been out long-term. Uh, our league position, we're dropping. Thankfully, we didn't drop another place after yesterday's um loss but you know we are 16th now when we had aspirations from being 7th 8th 9th um and fan apathy is getting worse and worse you know as we've already discussed so let's not repeat ourselves and let's move on then to the carol langley florist here of the week yeah we'd love to be able to take this one to twitter once again but at the moment we're in no position to do so so we are giving this award to uh basically 191 brave souls and fans who made the uh Journey to Exeter. So well done to all the away fans. And some people did an overnight there as well. So that's that's at great cost to them as well. So well done to everybody who made that mammoth effort. Really, really really great for them. So let's move on. The next week's fixtures. For the first time in a while, we don't have a Tuesday game. So for the only fixture of the week, that's, that's the Harrogate game that we've got next Saturday, the 19th of February. They're 13th in League Two after a three all draw away to Rochdale uh, on the weekend. Harrogate's last five, they've won one, drawn two, lost two. It looked a good game yesterday, that game on Quest. They were 3-1 up and they um, they blew it. They got like a little scrotty midfielder who doesn't look like a footballer, but he's got two good goals, got a penalty, he's got a great curler. So Is that the one that's the black cab driver? 
did they say? Quite possibly, yeah. I don't know. But obviously they came to us earlier in the season and turned us over. A good little team, Harry. Yeah. They faded a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but that'll be a tough game. It will. They beat Bradford at home last in their last home game, so they're not mugs. They know exactly how to how to play League Two football and get in our faces. So, before we sign out of this one, do not forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AGF Plastering on Facebook or on Instagram or visit Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and your rendering needs. So that is it. Thank you for joining us for episode 274. Another week goes by in which we're talking about two games, no wins, with the pressure continuing to mount on Kenny Jacket, with many fans unhappy with the current plight of the team and now calling for his head. This week, there's only the one game for the O, so Kenny's got a full week to work with the team for the match against Harrogate on the weekend, which hopefully will be our first win of 2022. And we'll be here to talk about that match and all of the latest news next week. I'm glad we got through this episode because I had visions of like getting to like half past nine and an announcement coming through to say Kenny Jacket's been sacked. They'd be like, oh, whilst we're recording, really. But we've well, made we'll, it through. Well, then we'll talk about it and it'll happen tomorrow <laughs> yeah, or Tuesday. We've made it through. If it happens Tuesday, it's fine. Let's get like, the, the big Monday numbers out of the way. If you're going to sack him, boys, do it on Tuesday morning, please. <laughs> Think about your outlook, chums. Just, just hold the announcement. <laughs> so if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give our podcast a five-star rating and review. You can also rate the show now on Spotify by going to rate the show and giving us a lovely five stars on all other platforms don't forget to add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded we are also on all smart speakers we're also on fan hub where we do our team predictions so if you're not on fan hub get cracking with that one so listening to the podcast so easy nowadays so don't forget to pass the pod many many Orient fans listen but I'm sure there's still many casual listeners who could be listening tomorrow so next week be 275 as we enter the back ends of the 200s and we'll have all the information of you that you could ever need potentially a guest from the club maybe don't we will see Paul shaking his head we will see I don't think so I don't think I don't think with the way to- the toxicity possibly is at the moment, I don't think they'll, they'll want to do that but possibly we'll we will see what happens great if they did if not we'll have a much shorter podcast for everyone so that'll be a result so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week Enjoy your Valentine's Day and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Yeah, and here's a Valentine's tune for you to get you all in the mood.